0: It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Pro Football Film Room podcast. Hello and welcome inside the football film room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. What an exciting week of football we had I'm telling you, Chris, I sat down on my couch <laughs> Saturday at noon Eastern time, and I didn't get up until 1 a.m. Sunday night into Monday morning.
1: And this is a this is a guy that's a workout fiend. Show, show, show him the cans. He's, the guy is uh, – that is saying something, man. No, uh, that's uh, – From
0: college football into the NFL, it was, was just really order
1: in and don't leave the house. It was really fun to be able to watch and absorb all of it and uh, – Some good, some bad, and some ugly, to use a tired cliche, as we had both uh, college and the NFL. And I, for one, aren't you just thrilled? I know we got to talk still a little bit about what the heck's going on in the Big Ten, but aren't you just glad to be talking about football, what happened? And I've gotten through the tape, LandryFootball.com. I've got the film breakdowns. You can check that out in greater detail. But I can't wait to break down what the film spoke to me off of real live games this weekend.
0: Oh, there's so many games to digest, so many things to break down from what we saw on the field in both college and the NFL. I want to talk about first, though, what exactly is going on with the Big Ten? Because <laughs> we got some announcements today, specifically from Nebraska, that, hey, Big Ten football is back, and we're actually going to get a Big Ten football season at the end of October. Is this happening, Chris? Are we going to get Big Ten football?
1: It, it was open mic night at uh, Nebraska. that. <laughs> I just get if this hasn't been the weirdest, screwiest messed up situation, it would figure we'd get tipped off by the president of a Big Ten university that happens to have a live hot mic that he's not aware of. And according to that. They're going to decide as we're taping this live at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Eastern Tuesday night, they say Tuesday night. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to decide. There is the talk, there is the rumor and it's got enough fire to it. There's enough, you know, fire with the smoke, Scott, to indicate that at this point if they don't come back, it's going to even it's like doubling down on the stupidity and the the egg on their face because They've led it to believe that they've got a plan to come back and that they're ready to vote and they're ready to coalesce and they're ready to agree. If it kind of falls apart again, Scott, it would be more embarrassing than what it's been. But I'm not going to sit here and jump on the table and say, I know what a bunch of presidents are going to do Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. I just know this, Scott, if they don't decide soon. I mean, it's, they're running out of time. I mean, the whole, well, they're going to start on October 17th. Uh, it's September 15th. As we tape this podcast, good luck getting ready for the 17th. If you decide right now, I mean, you delay it any further. You got some schools in that conference that are not even practicing because they're on kind of a on hold because of some positives. I, in order for them to get in a season in, or some semblance of a season in, to where they can be part of the playoffs, it better happen like yesterday. And I just don't know if they're going to get that done.
0: Well, they're watching everybody else play, and mm-hmm. and in some in some instances, and this is how ridiculous it is, right? Uh, there are schools that are in <laughs> relative close proximity to Big Ten schools that are playing football and going off without a hitch right now. And the more that they sit around, I'm talking about like Iowa and Iowa State, like, you know, the the Ames is not that far. It's like watching Iowa State play and then not watching Iowa play. It's very disappointing. But you look at around the country and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are sitting here twiddling their thumbs thinking, (laughs) hey, we made a decision based on the safety of our players. And meanwhile, you look around and everyone else is playing and raking in those dollars and they're not getting any of it.
1: That's exactly right. As long the more this goes off, and I'm not saying without a hitch, there're gonna be some issues in college football. Georgia Southern had 33 guys missing in their game against Campbell last week. Mm-hmm. Yes, 33, double three. Okay, uh, they're it's they're gonna be issues. However. What we're seeing is the other conferences pulling it off, and you're right. They've got egg on their face in the Big Ten, and so they're having to scramble and do that. And you know they're doing this. You know that if the other conferences had gone along with the Big Ten, the Big Ten wouldn't be trying to come back. But because they're seeing the fact that it looks like it's going off, and the SEC, by the way, is still a week away before they Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's it just making the Big Ten look bad, and it looks bad in this regard. We don't know. I certainly don't know what's going to happen health-wise and what potential problems we could have, but at least you've got three conferences, three big Power Five conferences, and some other conferences that are trying to make it work. And the Big Ten jumped out to quick i say for political reasons and now mm-hmm. they got egg on their face and now they're trying to wipe it off and they're trying to put a pretty picture on it and you wonder how many people are in that 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 vote in that meeting if they have they actually even voted or do they get together and say i there's no transparency on this so i don't know what's going to happen but i think it's embarrassing and i think the folks that are suffering are those that are The fans of the Big Ten, the administrators Mm -hmm. of the Big Ten that are in favor of playing and are not in favor of what their upper administrators, mainly in their states. This is political above the presidents of the university have decided it occurs to see what will happen with this and whether this is going to sway their opinion in any way. They're very stubborn and they're very uppity, as you know, about we're smart. We're the smartest people in the room and we know more than everybody else. So it'll be interesting to see if they have to admit that they're not as smart as they thought they were. Let's talk about some of the games we saw last weekend before we get into our preview of
0: this weekend. It was week two of the college football season. You had a ton of top 25 teams in action. Uh, the game, the early one that we talked about was North Carolina hosting Syracuse, and Syracuse all banged up. Uh, offensive line issues, converting a full backslash tight end to be their starting left guard. Uh, North Carolina started off this game pretty slow, but I think in the second half, we were able to see the offense that we were expecting to see with uh, – you know Sam Howell and the talented wide receivers and running backs that they have there at North Carolina. They win 31-6 to six and uh, I just th- take that slow start and, and throw it away. I think the second half is the team that we're going to see this season from North Carolina and justifying
1: why people like myself were extremely high on them going into this year. They're going to be a really good offensive team. You know about the quarterback, Sam Howell. They've got good playmakers at receiver, they will score some points this year. What I'm curious to see is how their defense will look. And I don't know that that was a great indicator against Syracuse. However, in breaking down the tape, I thought the defensive front played pretty well That's a positive sign. We'll see if they can grow because Scott, that's going to be the key if they just have a good season or truly can be the type of season that you're talking about, to where maybe they can, you know, compete in that division. Well, not really, not the division, but if you look at the overall how they're going to play it this year, uh, whether they can be the second or third best team, or or whether they're just you know a good team Mm -hmm. that's a bowl team. I think it's the defense that's going to determine you know, uh, their altitude as a a team. And I saw some positives, even though it's against a Syracuse team that didn't have a whole lot of answers. Let's stay in the ACC. Number 10,
0: Notre Dame got by Duke 27-13, a game that you and I expected to be close. Um, The Irish able to pull it out, uh, a dominating fourth quarter. They outscore uh, Duke, I think, what, 17-7 in the second
1: half. What did you make of the Irish performance in this game? Pass protection, not very good in book. The timing wasn't really good because of the protection. And I didn't think, you know, they did a really good job in the passing game. I thought they did a better job in the run game. I think they've got some ability to run the football. I think this is going to be a good offensive line as the year progresses. I think they've got some talent on defense. I I thought they would have some first game struggles to some degree against Mm -hmm. this new team. We talked about it. They did, but not a lot. I think they kind of put them away. It's a good Notre Dame team. I think, you know, what I would say is when I put on the tape, man, eh, not as bad as when I was watching it live. And I think there's a chance Notre Dame could be a really good team. I still think um, they're likely to be the second best team in the ACC. I don't know how the what's the record going to show at the end of the year, but I still think if I'm looking at the roster, I like them a little better than North Carolina yeah. or Miami. Okay, let's talk about uh, Clemson. They beat Wake Forest thirty-seven
0: to thirteen. Wasn't the blowout victory that a lot of people expected? But maybe you chalk that up to just it's the first game of the regular season, kind of going through the motions just to get your team out there, win a game, move on, and get ready, and then
1: you know have a cupcake game in week two. Yes, a um, couple of things that I observed. Trevor Lawrence looked really sharp from the beginning. Remember last year, he struggled early on, Scott, kind of predetermining his reads, you know, just not not real sharp. Good start. I know it's Wake. Wake's got Basham is, is going to be a, uh, a really good draft pick and, and to be a high pick off of Wake Forest's team the thing about Clemson is they are operating in a little bit of a different situation. They're an sec caliber type team, but they play in the league where they can play a lot of young guys. They play a lot of young guys. I, I looked it up and I looked at my notes from this past year. Do you realize that Clemson plays an average of 12 more players a game than anybody else in the country? What does that really mean? that means that they they're so much better than everybody that they play in their league they can play a lot of young guys well with that that probably prevents them from maybe dominating as much as they normally do it also gets them ready towards the back end of the season and they they can really kind of prepare themselves to where there's not a, there's a lot of pick and choose games it's like the old big 8 You were were Oklahoma. They had Nebraska, and they lined up against Kansas State and Iowa State and Kansas and Colorado and blew everybody out. They played one big game a year. That's kind of what Clemson is doing in the modern era with even more games. So I think Clemson is going to be awfully tough to beat, not based upon what they did at Wake, but based upon who they have. Dabo has come out and said publicly, this is the best freshman class he has ever had. You've got a quarterback that's on a mission to, you know, he didn't play well. He got dominant, got rattled against LSU. I think he's on a mission. I think he wants to lead this team. I think he's going to go out as the number one pick, but I think he wants it holding a trophy. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows that he's, he's kind of now the alpha dog leader. I think Clemson's fine. Good luck trying to beat him. I think the only, People that can beat him would be COVID this year. It would have to be a yeah. COVID defeat. <laughs> and then we've seen a bunch of those
0: already, unfortunately. Uh, the biggest upset of week uh, two, Chris, Louisiana, the raging Cajuns go into Ames and defeat Iowa State 31-14. Uh, to 14. And as much as the score would tell you this one was a blowout, there were special teams plays that were the difference in this game. When you watch the film, was this a closer game
1: than the score indicated? In in, in terms of the ability of Iowa State to be able to flip it around and and win it, yeah, it was a little closer. What was not as close is that ULL kind of beat them up at the line of scrimmage. They really did. Um, And it was really evident breaking down the tape. Um, Disappointing performance by Iowa State, no doubt about that. But it wasn't a fluke, and, and your correct special teams could have flipped that game. And could, but but there is no doubt they were able to run the football and block Iowa State's defensive front, which was impressive. Um, you know, it's been a tough offseason for you out. DJ Loney, the thirty-one-year offensive line coach, died of a heart attack in practice several weeks ago. Their offensive line did him proud, and mm-hmm. I, I thought Billy Napier, rising star in coaching, and you know was basically backed out of the Mississippi State job before Mississippi State went on to Mike Leach. Uh, This was a great win for them, but an ugly loss for Iowa State. Both can be true. Uh, I think there was a very sloppy play, but the the fact that they could not get off blocks against ULL's offensive line was the most surprising because I thought they would, you know, losing it Mm -hmm. in a mistake-prone game is one thing. Getting handed to you physically is a little bit different. That's what happened here. Let's uh, go to one of our questions here from a viewer. Your
0: boy Gucci uh, asks a question. Coastal Carolina minus 26 points looks solid. <laughs> Should keep momentum rolling versus the fighting camels who had a heartbreaking loss to Georgia Southern with 30 players out too early to say teams going in different directions or let down spot after emotional win for Coastal Carolina. Campbell plays Wake Forest and App State this season. Maybe they are thinking this is their only winnable game. Interested in your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know that uh, 27, is that what Coastal County is? I, I, that's a lot of points. And we need to, with Georgia Southern, though, as he aptly points out. So those 33 guys out last week, out this week, too. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. I'd stay away from that, Scott. I just don't know. That's a lot of points. I think Georgia Southern likely keeps it close, but with 30 plus players out, I, you know, I could see that here's the thing, you know, can Georgia Southern, it's going to be tough to, to have a margin that large against the team that can run the football as well as Georgia Southern and play ball control. But but you got to think about it because Georgia Southern. Oh no, he's talking about. So, yeah, no, he's talking about the game against Campbell, I guess, which is this Friday. Okay, yeah. Well, the, the uh, okay. I'm sorry. Against Campbell, yeah, I miss I miss I, I, I miss I misread I Redwood. His question was about. Yeah. No, I, I I think against Campbell, yeah, that's that's in a pretty good position there. I I don't think Campbell is very good. I think Coastal Carolina will probably win by 28 points, 30 points. I would think. There's going to be a letdown, um, but, you know, they're kind of used to beating uh, – uh, Coastal Carolina's used to beating Kansas. They've done it two two years in a row. They probably mm-hmm. expected to go into Lawrence and win. No, I, I misunderstood that. No, this week's game, I get it. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I like Coastal Carolina there. Let's talk about some other games here. Uh, Oklahoma
0: State opens up their season against Tulsa. Oklahoma State, a heavy favorite. I I, I think this is a good Oklahoma State team. Uh, I think they'll blow out Tulsa in this game, uh, especially at home, um, even though, you know, obviously you're not getting a full stadium full of fans there uh, at Boone Pickens. But this Oklahoma State team, ranked number 11 in the country, uh, I think there's some things to like about this squad, and I'm interested to see what they look like on on
1: Saturday. I'm curious to see what type of team, team chemistry they had. They have with an offseason that they had. I um, I do like this team. This Oklahoma State team is talented. They can run the football and balance out their offense a little bit better than they normally do. But I want to see them a little bit. That's still a lot of points, and it's week one, and I don't know. Now, I do think this, because I want to jump back on the Big 12 again. Texas and Oklahoma took care of business mm-hmm. one big. I think Oklahoma State is the only team that's in that category, and there's a big. It looks like a big drop off. We talked about Iowa State. Kansas State also got hammered by yep. Arkansas State. It was a close game. The mm-hmm. line of scrimmage, Arkansas State took care of them. Um, we just talked about, alluded to the Kansas Coastal Carolina game. Scott, Texas Tech should have lost to Houston Baptist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably the only person that watched it. <laughs> but they were outplayed there, and so I think it's too early to throw dirt on the Big 12 yet. We can do it on week one, but we might have to dust them off as they get into conference play. We'll see. I agree with you. This Oklahoma State's going to be pretty good. I think they win handily, but I don't know. What's the margin? I think 17 is about, you know, 14, 17, mm-hmm. probably where I go. Is it is it more than that? I believe. Yeah, 22. I, 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 I you know that's certainly close It wouldn't surprise me but I I kind of Oklahoma State's quite a bit better than Tulsa. Let's see how clean they play in week one. that would be my only concern.
0: All right, let's go to the uh, primetime matchup on ABC. That's number 17, Miami, against number 18, Louisville. Uh, Listen, if we had a full complement of college football teams, I don't know if these two teams are ranked in the top 25. I can't tell you that right now. Uh, It's only been one game seeing them play also. um, But we did see game one of the Derek King experience for Miami and uh, for Louisville. Okay. We saw one game against the Western Kentucky team. All right. The Hilltoppers couldn't get the job done. Uh, but how do these two teams match up now against each other and
1: what should be a close game at a Cardinal stadium? Miami's more explosive. Miami's got, and I think the air King, we, you know, Thursday night showed an ability to You got to defend him in the run game. Um, defensively they played poorly early did Miami look Miami's the more talented team but if they don't play a clean game um what they got away with against UAB they will not get away with against Mm -hmm. a well-coached well-disciplined Louisville team um nothing fancy against Western Kentucky they played really good sound fundamental football and I really like quarterback Receiver, running back at Louisville. Look, I think this is going to be a really tough game for Miami um, because Miami in these type of games have usually made more mistakes. Miami plays a clean game, they'll win. They don't. Louisville will make them pay and beat them. I, I think this is a really intriguing game and a fun one early on in the ACC. What other games stand out to you? Uh, you got UCF against
0: Georgia Tech. Um, I, I heard that Mackenzie Milton, he's not going to play, but I heard that he's actually making uh, making some strides and Correct. could actually get on the field this season.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's really good news. Uh, that's interesting. I want to see, you know, whether they're able to take care of business at home at Notre Dame again. Um, I think that uh, a game that's intriguing to me, UCF-Georgia Tech, real quick, Great job by Georgia Tech last week against Florida State. Don't panic there, Florida State fans. They got a lot to clean up and a lot of players and a lot of eyes, and they, there's a lot of problems that I thought Willie Taggart created there, along with the last year of Jimbo Fisher. I think Mike Norvell will do a good job. But what you what I saw last week was a team in the second year with a really good freshman quarterback in Georgia Tech that really uh, was impressive and was able to win. Now, being able to handle some success. Can they do that against a good central Florida team? This is, that is to me a very, very intriguing game. I want to see wake against NC state. That's intriguing as well. Um, and that kind of, uh, you know, uh, that stands out to me. I tell you a little sneaky game. I want to see how Navy responds mm. from that bad performance against BYU on the road against Tulane. Tulane's got an underrated defensive line. And so that's another sneaky game that I would, uh, would say that, um, I would encourage folks to, to keep an eye on. Look, I mean, it's, it's not a sexy schedule and it's not going to be until we get the sec in there, uh, ACC, you know, it's carrying the weight right now, big 12, you know, not a lot there. Um, the, Right now, college football needs the SEC to get going. (laughs) And it's almost like, I don't know how you feel, it's almost like, gosh, if If we could only get the SEC to move up a week, it would be good to kind of get the games going this week since things are going so well. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, That would be so much fun to watch. I can't wait to see the SEC get
0: started. Uh, We'll get into every NFL game on the week two schedule coming up in just uh, a minute. But first, I want to recap week one, Chris, some of the things that we saw and in rewatching the film for week one in the NFL. We'll start with uh, that Thursday night game between the Texans and the Chiefs. Uh, Anything stand out to you about the Texans' performance? You know, um, it's nice. Uh, They got a new running back, uh, but they lose DeAndre Hopkins, who had a phenomenal day in Arizona. And
1: it just looked like Deshaun Watson was missing uh, a piece or two there. No doubt, uh, they're going to have some adjustments to make. Now, would he? they what the the plan is to get him to go through his reads and not rely on go to with D Hop, and so they think in theory they could be better. We'll see. In practicality, I do think Johnson ran well early. Um, offensive line graded out okay. Can be better. Look, the Chiefs are just a better team. The Texans are not as good as last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the chiefs proved it too many weapons. I thought defensively they were out of sorts. They couldn't cover all the weapons that the chiefs had. The chiefs look for real. The chiefs look like they're going to be very difficult to defend again. If they can stay healthy. Uh, another
0: thing that stood out to me was the performance of Aaron Rodgers oh, and the yeah. Green Bay Packers going into Minnesota and winning that game. A uh, question coming in from one of our listeners. Did the Packers do
1: anything different scheme-wise on Sunday, or did Rodgers just play lights out? Um, no, they made some nice adjustments in the second half. They did not play all that well in the first half, but they really started to unleash Aaron Rodgers. Um, I thought they did a good job of attacking their coverages better in the second half. I thought they really worked play action pretty well. Um, Aaron Rodgers graded out. Check out the – I've got the the post up. He was the highest graded quarterback. Russell Wilson had a great week. Lamar Jackson. Aaron Rodgers was number one, the highest graded player in the NFL this past week. Um, just simply outstanding. And uh, T- the um, T.J. Watt over Pittsburgh w- was right with him on the defensive side. Hmm. Phenomenal. Made unbelievable throws. Um, you know, it was kind of like in a basketball sense that game was. They did a good job of packing it in, and they just let a guy go one on one, and he did start to take yeah. it over. So, look, I think we, we'll, I, I think, and I thought the Packers were the best team in that division. It's just week one. I don't think there's any doubt that they are, uh, and it's a large, largely due to Aaron Rodgers. But I thought the offensive line graded out well. In fact. That was the best graded offensive line of the mm-hmm. week with the Packers. Packers. So um, I think there's, there's some good vibes coming out of Green Bay week one. Minnesota's not the same. Their defensive line will get a little bit better and in Dockaways early, but they're not quite the same as they have been. I think all three of those teams are chasing the pack in the North. Your takeaways from the new look Patriots with Cam Newton? Did a good job offensively with him. He ran the football a lot. Some of it was improvisational. Some of it was by design. Curious to see how much they run him going forward. Really good defense. Secondary played well. Really good team that's going to play more towards the line of scrimmage, more with some zone reads. They've got a good game plan. Scott, I'll say it now. The Patriots are the team to beat in the AFC East until duly noted otherwise. (laughs) Bills, you know, your your call. You want to be the best team, play like it. Uh They might be it, but they've got to come and catch the Patriots. The Bills have a really good defense. Bills missed a lot of opportunities and didn't maximize you know, situations on offense. I know you probably saw it. The Jets play poorly, but I I think the bills can be there. But right now I would say the Patriots are still the team to beat. They they're going to do it differently, but I think it's going to be a two team race. Your thoughts on Tom Brady, how he looked in that offense for the Buccaneers. Not real sharp, to be honest with you. Um, He didn't grade poorly though. I mean, he made a couple of pivotal mistakes. You see the timing, you see some of the issues there that they had. Guys weren't in the right spot. That's a byproduct of not enough time with them. Mm. I fully expect him to come back. I, I read all the stuff of oh, he's washed up. You could see it in that game. That those were not <laughs> washed up. You know, he can still throw it. And I am curious to see how well they're accli- they're gonna be able to acclimate everything. Look, they played a team. That's further along, that's further in advance. The Saints are better, and the Bucks need to get better, meaning yeah. they've got talent, but they've got to get that offense in gear. I didn't think the defense, Tampa, played poorly in the first half, but Saints are still better, although we'll need to see the the long effects of Michael Thomas's ankle injury.
0: Yeah, uh, that's another question that came in from uh, one of our listeners. Um, how do the Saints handle the absence of Michael Thomas?
1: going to be tough. You saw the working of Jared Cook. Now, I think you you certainly see them working young receivers in, so it's a couple of those young guys that are going to have to step up, and they're going to have to ask more of Emmanuel Sanders, get more out of Alvin Kamara in the passing game. That's what they're going to need to do uh, in the absence of Michael Thomas, although they're saying, and he's saying, he's not going to be absent. I'm curious <laughs> if he's going to be if he plays this week against the Raiders. Remember, they play on Monday night. Mm -hmm. High ankle sprain. I I don't know the severity of it, but if he can play this week, that's not usually a a normal prognosis for a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Uh, One of the more disappointing performances
0: was that of the Indianapolis Colts. I thought that they had the offensive line, the line advantage against the Jaguars, thought they had the quarterback advantage against the Jaguars. Uh, but what are they doing throwing the ball 40-somewhat times when they could just run the ball? And they were averaging a good chunk per, per run against this Jaguars team, yet here's Phillip Rivers dropping back and throwing the ball 40-somewhat times, uh, yet they lose Mac early, but Jonathan Taylor, I thought, filled in nicely um, and, and should have a nice season as the and main Hines, guy there. And well. Hines, he had two touchdowns. Yeah. He had a great game. I was very shocked at the Colts' performance uh, against the Jaguars.
1: I was, um, you know, I'm all reckoned and saying, look, I think that they can get this done, and I don't mean Super Bowl, but they can really have a good team and a good season with Phillip Rivers if they run the football and don't put him in the play chase, force the football type. Gosh, he did it again, Scott. I mean, he's forcing the football, turnovers late. I mean, they still had a chance to come back and win the game. It's kind of the same thing. Look, I'm not ready. It's one week. Um, I know that Frank Reich does a really good job. I think they'll get some of those things corrected, but they better. And it's certainly tough to lose a really good running back that was going to be part of a big physical one-two punch that hurts. But they still have some ability at the running back position to not abandon the run. If they're going to throw it 40 times a game, then scratch everything I said about what the Colts can be. They're going to be in trouble, and they're going to turn the football over, and it's going to be a mess. Big win for Jacksonville, but you're right. Uh, The Colts would, would rate as one of the more disappointing performances. Is it a sign of things to come? I don't think so, but we need to watch it. So uh, another performance before we get
0: into this week two slate, because there's a lot of, you know, we got to get on, uh, get through all the games here in week two. You and I talked about this last week. We said a game that to watch where an underdog can pull out a victory was the Cardinals over the banged up 49ers. We talked about how the 49ers were banged up. We talked about how the Cardinals were an underrated team. They were getting six and a half to seven points. They go into Santa Clara. They win the game outright. This is going to be a fun football team to watch this year. Kyler Murray had a fantastic game, ran the ball for almost 100 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins with a career high 14 catches. He had like 150 somewhat yards and a touchdown. Uh, And and the the Niners, you know, everyone thinks that they're just a lot... To to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, well, you know what? They are banged up right now. Kittle might be out for a little bit. So uh, we don't know what's going on with them, but very impressed and satisfied
1: with the way that the Cardinals played in this game. No doubt. I think the Niners are just trying to survive the early part of the season with all the injuries. The Cardinals are going to be fun. They're going to be pretty good. Man, Tyler Murray. If he doesn't look like a shorter version of Lamar Jackson, I'm mean, yeah, yeah. really, really good. And gosh, the one run he had was just incredible, was as good a run as I saw by any player this week. Um, no, they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be a factor. I think they're going to be in the playoff race. Um, is a wild card and we'll see the Seattle team played well. That's another one, by the way, really Atlanta. Really struggled at the line of scrimmage again. Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson, Seattle was really good. But, yeah, it could be right now Seattle, Arizona. We'll see if the Niners can get back healthy. I wouldn't count them out, but they've got a ways to go right now. They've got to be able to run the football better. All right, we go through every single game on the NFL schedule
0: for week two. It starts on Thursday night, your first Thursday. Well, actually, your second because we had the kickoff game, but your first Thursday night after a Sunday game. It's the Bengals at the Browns, and I I talk about this every single year, Chris. Thursday night football is so dumb because, and I love it as a fan. Okay. We love it to have something to gamble on. We love it to have something for our fantasy teams. And everyone wants, you know, that you got Monday and then you just get two days off and then you get football again. It's great. Yay. These guys are not ready to play on Thursday they need more time. Their bodies are not ready. It's just such such a short turnaround. I know it's not a lot of travel because it's an in-state rivalry here, so it doesn't really affect them as much as if a, they were traveling further to play a Thursday night game. But that being said, uh, I, I expect it to be somewhat low scoring, at least in the first half. I just look at both of these teams and it's just To me, it could be an ugly Thursday night football game for the first uh, one here after
1: our Sunday. It might be, but I'm really looking forward to it. A couple of reasons. Joe Burrow did a lot of good things and showed a lot of poise and leadership in week one against the Chargers. Had some, you know, usual mistakes of a young guy. But I thought he'd – I'm curious to see what he does. My God – is it ever going to end with the Browns? I mean, no. they, they just were awful. No, um, now,
0: and now it's now, a, Oh, they're going to let Odell Beckham Jr. Seek
1: a trade. Like there's
0: always, something it's,
1: with it's this a mess. Team. It's, it's a drama. So you go, zero and two and lose this game at home. This season starts to get lost and you, you're stalking with a new coach. So you're not, <clears throat> this could be a disaster waiting to happen and it's a spot where, Of the two, there's no doubt Cincinnati looked better in week one. So I think it's – I'm excited for those reasons because the interesting dichotomy of these two teams and I know how they don't like one another and the fact that um, it's kind of a – I hate to put it, it's a big-time game for Cleveland. At home, Mm -hmm. if they lay an egg, I mean, it's tough. Now, I know the good thing will be there won't be like fans and stuff that – but I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in that city talk radio and the media if this Browns team lose to the Bengals at home to go zero two. After that performance, they were humiliated by the Ravens. They get beat by the Browns uh, by the Bengals. They're 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 in trouble. Do you think this will be a closer game than people? I do. Okay, I do. All I right. do think uh, it'll be close, but I, I I would expect the I expect the Browns to respond in the second half mm-hmm. and kind of pull away later. But I do think this game will be close for a while. All
0: right, let's go to Sunday. The
1: Giants go to
0: Chicago to take on the Bears. I thought Danny Dimes looked decent at some points on Monday night, but the Giants were clearly overmatched against a better Pittsburgh Steelers team. TJ Watt had a great game, as you mentioned, graded out well on the defensive side of the football. The Giants still have some holes and still new offensive coordinator, still questionable play calls. Uh, I mean, Chris... You got the number one maybe graded running back in the NFL and Saquon Barkley. You got first and goal from the two-yard line. And you don't hand him the ball four times and just say, get me two yards. Instead, you're running passing plays and settling for a field goal. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, Jason Garrett, new team, new year, same dumb playbook. Got to get better performance out of that offensive line. Got good guards, but the tackle position is a concern. They don't trust it. They don't trust it in the run game or the pass game. That doesn't get better. The Giants are going to struggle. Meanwhile, the Bears pulled one out. Oh, my God. We just talked I, about the Browns. The I, Lions I did so it so bad for DeAndre Swift. Well, I, you know, I do, but you know, it's, that was a big part it. has
0: got to catch that ball.
1: Yeah. He's looking where his feet are okay, but you know, he's got to make that play, but they also contributed with a lot of other negative plays for Mm -hmm. the second Mm -hmm. year in a row. They blew a game last year, week one that ended up in a tie. They blew this one. They were, they outplayed Chicago and you know, for most of the game blew it. Chicago wasn't all that impressive. They won the game. Um, this is one the Giants can go on the road and get. It'll be interesting. All right, we move
0: along to the next <clears throat> game on the schedule. It's the Falcons at the Cowboys. Both teams uh, lost in week one. Uh, Cowboys game was close. Uh, the Falcons maybe outplayed by the Seahawks,
1: but uh, a winnable game, I think, for both of these teams. Should be a good game. Well, Atlanta really stuck it up. They didn't play well at all at the line of scrimmage. They've got to get some things figured out. Dallas did not grade out. Their offensive line did not grade out as well as – they need to, and I don't know that anybody had a worse week when you consider the fact that you lost and man, you get the key injuries, a lot of injuries, but man, they, a couple of key starters went down. Uh, Dallas yeah, and with the uh, collarbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is some one of these teams are going zero and two, and there's some expectations for both of these teams. It's going to get ugly for the loser here. I think wow. Dallas is the, the better team here.
0: The Lions, as we mentioned, they're coming off that tough loss. They go into Green Bay to take on the Packers. And uh, no reason for me not to think that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay
1: hot against this Lions defense, Chris. Yeah, no reason to think that the Lions are going to step up for four quarters and play smart football. Until that changes, look, anything can happen, but I'm not seeing it. I can't see it as well. Um, Man, this Packers team, I can't believe people overlooked them.
0: They're so good. (laughs) They're so good. How about the Jaguars and the Titans? Uh, The Titans, Steven Gostkowski missing three (laughs) field goals and an extra point, but made up for it with the game-winning field goal at the end. And, Vic, hey, Vic, uh, you can't take those timeouts home with you. I don't know where you're going to take them. But your team is up against the ropes. You want to give yourself a chance to get into field goal range and win a goddamn football game. How about you call some timeouts? What is it? And there's no one on the sideline, Chris. There's no one in his headset saying, hey, coach, call timeout here. Hey, coach, why don't we give ourselves some time in case they kick a field goal here? We can get the ball back with like 45 seconds left instead of 17. No one's telling him. And then he comes out today and says, yes, that was my mistake. I should have called the timeouts. I just don't understand it.
1: I think, he was, I th- I think he was gambling that that kicker was not going to make a field goal, and he didn't want to get him closer. But, yeah, you got to take the time out there. Look, Tennessee's got to figure it. I mean, you know, I think they're just better at the line of scrimmage. And uh, without the turnovers, Jacksonville doesn't win the game against the Colts. I just think – Uh, 2-0 for Jacksonville, too much to uh, ask here. I think Tennessee gets away and uh, gets off to a 2-0 start.
0: All right, the Vikings at the Colts, two 0-1 teams. The Colts, uh, uh, you know, upsetting performance. But, hey, if you're going to throw the ball 40-something times, who better to do it against than a Vikings team to let Aaron Rodgers have a day against
1: them, right? Well, this is another game of two teams that made a lot of mistakes that didn't play well last week that both think they have expectations of a playoff run this year. One of them's going 0-2, and that doesn't mean that takes them out, but but that digs yourself a little bit of a hole. You know my theory on that. Dig yourself a hole, and you're, you're just trying to get up to ground level. Uh, Indianapolis at home, you think they figure some things out. Um, actually, Cousins played pretty well, all things considered, when breaking down the tape. We'll see if they can put together a good performance. The Colts can't figure out how to run. And, you know, if they keep turning the football over, this is going to be tough. This is a tough one. I'd stay away from it because Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go with it. I think both of these teams are desperate. Both of these teams are better in my mind than they played last week. But something's got to give here. And uh, what we're just a couple of days away from the cliche teams
0: that start. zero and two miss the playoffs X amount of time, right? We're going to hear that, but, so, but, but, uh, but we got to factor in. Avoid. We
1: got one extra playoff Correct. team in one each extra conference, team. so yep. that really doesn't apply anymore. All right, let's move on to the bills at the Dolphins. Um, you know, Miami did some good things. Uh, the bills did as well. Bills got a really good defense. Poirier played very well in the secondary again for him. Really good secondary that, that, um, b- both New England and, and Buffalo secondary is just outstanding. The best in the league, both of them. Just to me, Josh Allen's got to protect the football, Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference there. It's not the plays that he makes. It's the, you know, it's, it's the plays that you that you that you want to avoid. And he's got, I think, look again, I said it last week. They beat a Jets team that's not very good. Sorry, Jets fans. Sorry, Scott. But no, they stink. Bu- bu- Buffalo's got to go on the road and they got to win a game like this. If you're going to win the division, I know New England lost to Miami, but it, you know, this is a this is a dangerous game for them. It's coming down to the quarterback protecting the football. If they do that, they will stay in this East race with with New England and they win this game. We move
0: on to the 49ers at the Jets, uh, J E T S. You know, Chris, it stands for just end the season. Uh, Le'Veon Bell placed on be IR today. There. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell placed on IR today, so it's same old Jets uh, again. Even though they say that he should be back in you know three four weeks, so um, you, you know we'll see he's eligible to return. 49ers, this could be a, a, a get a get right spot for them coming off the loss against the Cardinals, but. We've seen this be a trap before for teams where it's a prototypical get right spot, but it is a West Coast team traveling East Coast to play a one o'clock game, which is now it's a, uh, you know, it's a 10 a.m. body clock game for the 49ers here.
1: There's no question about it. it. It is dangerous for the Niners and they're not healthy enough to play poorly and win this game. Um, by the same token, I've got to see more out of the Jets before I can be confident that they can, you know, figure it out. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a beware game here. Just don't assume all the Niners, like you said, hey, Super Bowl, and they're not going 0-2. Don't assume that. They don't go 0-2 mainly because I think the Jets don't get it done here. That's where I see it. Yeah, that's a fair point there.
0: All right, let's move on to
1: the next game on our schedule. It is
0: the Rams at the Eagles. And listen, I I did an Eagles show last year, Chris. And, uh, you know, I was talking with some of the guys uh, that, you know, I host the show with, including former Eagle linebacker Seth Joyner. And we're in a text thread. And (laughs) let me read you this because this is great from Seth. The Eagles were very disappointed, you would say, right? kind of uh, makes you feel, you know, Mm -hmm. about their performance. Um, And (laughs) we talked about you want to, you know, talk about the game or whatever. And he goes, Eagles, Carson and Doug, some bleep. So I think he's laying the blame (laughs) on the quarterback and the coach for the performance in that one.
1: You know, a couple of things that jumped out at me. Uh, We talked about it last week when we previewed that game. Look out. For the Eagles protection issues up against a very good defensive line of the Redskins. Early on, I thought it was a tr- that first couple of offensive series, particularly the first one, they carved up great play calling, great execution. But that that offensive line is a problem. And, and I know I know that's the it thing. When they say a problem, that means good. No, 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 I'm old fashioned. The Eagles offensive line is a problem, meaning it's bad and it is got some issues and it got taken to the woodshed by the skins and over four quarters. They were able to come back. Good win. Excuse me for the Washington football team. Let's just stop. Uh, I don't know. Can we, can, let me just say something. Can we stop calling them the football team? Just call them Washington was, Yeah, Washington. Washington. You know. I, I, I feel like
0: every time all these analysts on TV Chris they keep saying the football
1: team the football I team. I don't know what to call them I, what, I just, I'm, so, just so to, hard about I'm just trying Washington I'm just trying to avoid not calling them um, to the, the Redskins. by the way um Karina is is um a Spartan Barton says did the Dolphins have a playoff chance listen I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Uh, I think we need to see – I think that they're a sub-500 team, probably a 7-9 and nine team. I don't think so, even with an extra spot. But in terms of Washington, uh, they really got after the Eagles' offensive line. And, I, you know, right now I'm a little bit concerned with that. I thought the Rams – Whitworth played great. Yeah. Um, the Rams did a really good job on the offensive line. That's what the Eagles have to figure out. And you mentioned it. Well, Seth mentioned it. Um, the offense fell apart and Carson let him down. No, those were, those were problems. These are the things that happen when you begin to force issues. You don't trust your protection. That was the problem. Let's move on to the Broncos at the
0: Steelers. Uh, very satisfied with the performance from Ben Roethlisberger. Juju Smith-Schuster did his thing. Um, Benny Snell might be the guy. You know, James Conner, you know, he he's very he gets banged up a lot. And we don't we know how talented he is when he's healthy, but Benny Snell had a really good game on Monday night and a decent season last year. I think Benny yeah. Snell might be in for a, a bigger workload this year.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. He is their type of back too. That um I like this Steeler team. Uh, I think that, you know, I know Baltimore's really good. Those are two teams that could go deep in the playoffs in my opinion this year. Uh, knock, knock on wood, Big Ben stays healthy, mm-hmm. and that opens up everything in the run game. Their defense is salty, man. They're really, really good. I don't think the Broncos can handle it here. I think the Broncos have got some issues, mm-hmm. and I think that they'll be competitive in some games, but they're 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 outmatched here against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so too. All
0: right, the Panthers go to the
1: Bucks. Uh, and Tom Brady gets to play his uh, first home game uh, in Tampa. I don't see Tampa and Brady losing this game tonight. That Carolina played well against the Raiders, had every chance to, came back, took the lead, and gave it up. I thought they they did a really nice job. Look, you can. I, I was disappointed. In the Raiders' inability to rush the passer against this Panthers' offensive line, I think the Bucks could generate some pressure. I expect that they will. I think they'll bring added pressure. I think they'll 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 force the ball out early. Um, I I think Brady gets on track a little bit, and I think the Bucks uh, get on track here uh, at home. Washington <laughs> at Arizona: uh, as much pressure as the Washington
0: <laughs> defense got on Carson Wentz, you get that same pressure on Arizona, and Kyler Murray is going to run around and beat you.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a game uh, that's, that is quite a bit different. You're right. Um, you know, I think that this offensive scheme is going to give this Washington defense a little bit of trouble. I think you got to get this def- very good defensive line of the Washington that we've talked about, get them moving horizontally a little bit. Uh, I think the Cardinals here will, uh, at home, have got a good chance at home. I, I, I Listen, I will say this, though. Uh, I thought the offense of the Redskins showed some life. I'm curious to see what they can build upon. I'm I'm excited to see if they can pull one out on the road. I don't think they will, but I'm curious to see what they can do. Chiefs at the Chargers. Hey, you know, the Chargers are very fortunate. The Bengals could have very easily won that game. In Mm -hmm. fact, you Mm -hmm. can make the case that they scored late and bad call, whatever. I'm not going to debate that either way, but Chargers did not play well. I didn't think that defensive line – generated nearly as much pass rush against this Bengals offensive line that that's not very good I just think it's going to be difficult to match points against this Chiefs team and I don't think the Chargers offense has the ability to do that and I think while the defense can bring pressure I think the ability to create plays uh in yeah. an improvisational fashion I think the Chiefs scored too many points for the Chargers to keep up um Chargers were lucky they won last week because if they had lost, I think they'd be headed to
0: 0-2. Yep. Uh, how about the Ravens at the Texans?
1: You know what? I like the way this Baltimore team played. Man, they picked up where they left off. They're salty on defense. They're not quite as talented up front as Pittsburgh, but they're good on defense. Nobody has a deeper stable of running backs. And oh, the quarterback can run, and, man, did he play well. I And I, J.K. Dobbins played well, too. Their fourth running back. <laughs> That's what I said. The deepest stable of running backs in the league. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins is fourth. Now, I don't think he's going to end up fourth. He yeah. got a damn good running back that yeah. they got four good running backs. So they're in really good shape, like this Ravens team. I just think they're better than the Texans. I think they put the Texans 0 uh, 2.
0: Patriots at the Seahawks. Man,
1: like, really good one here. Seattle played well. Russell Wilson played well. You know and, what I'm very in- intrigued about, Chris,
0: is with. The, the the lack of fans. Does Seattle still have the same type of home field advantage that we've seen them have it, it, historically? Like I know the travels the travel, and trust me, going from Boston to to Seattle might be the longest flight in the NFL. Uh, but there's My, not Miami gonna be, to Seattle. Miami, but, 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 but that, but that is not good. Boston's 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 not even in the Eastern Time Zone. You might as well put them in a, in their own Time Zone over there. It gets dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, <laughs> you you um you're not going to have the fans, and you're not going to have that sound
1: that you usually have in Seattle. Oh, it's not going to be the same anywhere, and it's certainly not going to be there in terms of the crowd noise. I, I, you know, here's the thing that I'm intrigued by. You've got Russell Wilson that's playing at the top of his game. How they're going to play this? against a very good New England defense. It's going to be real intriguing. You know, what can Russell do? What will Bill take away? I think Pete wants to run the football still to have balance, but they showed the ability to get the ball to open receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know that they're going to be able to do that quite as effectively against New England. I I think New England's got the better defense of the two but I do like Russell Wilson and this offense a little bit better than new England at this point. So I think it's, and I do think Seattle, if it's not a big home field advantage, it's a disadvantage in new England going yeah. across the, the 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 country. As you mentioned, I think this is uh, I think it's the game of the week. I think it's, uh, it's it's interesting that they've got this, not a flex game, but just a pick mm-hmm. game on Sunday night. I think it's going to be a loads of fun and, Obviously, somebody's going to get off to a really good start. I kind of like Seattle a little bit at home here, but boy, I think it's a toss up game.
0: Uh, we move to Monday night, the Saints at the Raiders. The latest news uh, as of within the hour, according to the NFL network, Ian Rappaport, that the ankle injury to Michael Thomas is worse than originally believed. He is now expected to miss several weeks. Uh, with that ankle injury, that's Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport reporting that for the NFL Network. So assuming that they do not have Michael Thomas on Monday night, Chris, the Saints taking on the Raiders. Can Emmanuel Sanders step up and fill that void as the number one wide receiver?
1: I, I don't think he'll need to. fill. I, I don't think he can step up in the role of Michael Thomas. No, but what they can do is. Is they do a great job of scheming guys open, and Drew Brees does a good job of finding them. And I'm only just going to put it like it is: the Raiders don't rush the passer better than they did last week, and they can't get pressure on Drew Brees. It's going to be a long night because this Raiders defense is going to struggle covering the Saints, even without Michael Thomas. They struggled covering Robbie Anderson. No, they they, they really do. So I and I, look, I think that you know this Saints defense is playing pretty good. Uh, no, I, I think the Saints here they're they're the better team, uh, no question about it. Hey, we got a question. And by the way, if you got a question, you can send it to us. But uh, uh, Spartan Barton also said, "Do you have any details on Lynn Bolden trade?" Well, Lynn Lynn Bowden was traded surprisingly to me by the Raiders who they liked him. He's a, and can he have an impact for the dolphins? He can, he's a very talented guy. What I like the fact that I think he can line up in the slot. He's got run good run after catch skills. And I think he can do some direct snap stuff with them. So I think he's a weapon, um, for the life of me, I can't figure out what the Raiders are doing because I like the pick to pick them and then traded them for less than that. I think, Hmm. I think the dolphins have a weapon, not a, like a difference making type weapon, but a versatile guy. Think in terms of what Taysom Hill does for the saints. This guy could do some similar things. Taysom Hill can throw the football better because Taysom Hill is a quarterback. Quarterback, But Lynn Bolden, has even more ability to make plays from the slot receiver position and do some direct snap stuff that I think can be effective. But it'll take a while for him to settle in. But we appreciate you sending questions. Remember, if you got a question, if you're if you're listening to us on um the podcast, remember you can watch us live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m Eastern Time and you can participate uh, with us in the chat room on twitch.tv uh, forward slash Chris Landry football. So check us out there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and and make sure to subscribe to Landry football's conference call, wherever you get your podcasts from and head to Landry football.com. Because Chris, you, all these breakdowns that we talked about on this podcast, you have them all at dot com, including how these players graded out. As you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers graded out as the best player offensively in week one in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so we explain how players are graded in the NFL. It's a number grade, but it correlates to color. So how many quarterbacks graded out in the Blues, running backs, receivers, offensive linemen, so on and so forth? How many in the red? Understand what those grades mean. We've got that for you right now. How things graded out week one. And then we'll take down a number of games and break down how the players graded on each team and give you an analysis of what happened. We do that on the college side. We do that on the pro side. So uh it's your one stop shopping it's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription so take advantage of it get the film room previews get the film room reviews get the notebooks we got it all for you at landryfootball.com check it out today got a great special rate for you you can try it for a month you can get the real discount for taking advantage of the year membership so check it out at landryfootball.com you'll love it and you can listen to this podcast and more
0: of Landry Football's conference call for free on LandryFootball.com. Just click on podcast and click on the Twitch icon so you can make sure to follow us on Twitch and watch the show live and participate live in the chat room at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on Air. And we'll be back each and every Tuesday night live on Twitch, 7 p.m. Eastern time, talking college football, talking NFL and breaking it all down from inside the film room. Until next week, I'll talk
1: to you then. Chris, enjoy the games this weekend. I will. You do the same, my friend.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.